Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Kind of Funny Screencast, your home for all of the movie, TV, and streaming service reviews you could possibly want here at Kind of Funny I'm your host for today, Barrett Courtney, and I want to let you know that you can catch screencasts at least once a week over on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyRoosterTeeth.com and on podcast services around the globe. We're about to wrap up our weekly Miss Marvel reviews tomorrow, Roger. Can you believe it? Miss Marvel already wrapping up. Uh, That'll be with one Joey Noel myself and Tamor Hussein uh, with the In Review Boys, uh, the, the boys that have been uh, reviewing Ms. Marvel so far. They'll be talking about the final episode and their full thoughts on Ms. Marvel uh, this week, uh, later this week on In Review for MCU In Review. So they'll uh, review it all, rank it against the rest of the MCU and all that good stuff. So I think we wanted more uh, more voices to talk about Ms. Marvel this week and, instead of just like the, the boys talking about the final episode and then, you know, talking about it again a day later. So there you go uh, for that. Uh, we also just wrapped up our weekly videos for The Boys Season 3, uh, but maybe soon we'll talk about Paper Girls later this month. Definitely we'll talk about She-Hulk and the Game of Thrones prequel next month, which is insane that those are already uh, sneaking up on us. Uh, but we're not talking about those things today. Ladies, gentlemen, everybody join with us. Today we are talking about the premiere of Season 6, Part 2 of Better Call Saul. And to do that, Roger, Jake, I'll, I'll introduce you in a second. It's obvious... Uh, the elephant in the room, right, are everybody's favorite T.O., Andy Cortez, not here today to review uh, the the premiere. Um, unfortunately, Greg Miller came over earlier this morning, um, and he came to us, and he was just spouting a lot of, like, weird nonsense. At one point, he was like, Barrett, I need you to drive to this house, this white brick house oh. with a black door. <laughs> And, you know, Andy and I, like, we, we're scared of Greg a little bit because he's sure. an insane man. And, uh, you know, I just, I to guarantee Andy's safety, I wanted to make sure he got out of there. So I convinced Greg uh, to let Andy go in my stead. So that's what Andy is up to today. But while uh, he's doing that, we're here to uh, review Better Call Saul. And to do that, I am joined by everyone's favorite lawyer-turned-con man, Roger Picorni. I was waiting for the snakes to come in. You know what I mean? I was waiting for the snakes to jump out when he opens the door, but I guess not. No snakes today. It's all Better no Call snakes. Saul all the time today here on Screencast. Isn't that right? Everybody's favorite muscle for hire, Jake Baldino. That's me. I'm all string bean all the time, baby. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. I love this. I, it's it's really fun to have you uh, again. I know, uh, uh, you know, getting into the housekeeping, right? We're not doing like these weekly reviews, so it's like it's nice to just kind of like catch up with you every once in a while, um, and just like you know, talk about our lives before we uh, we start the show and uh, yeah. do these like little check ins every once in a while for this absolute amazing show, spectacular show, uh, exceptional universe that, um, is, is all being tied together in really fun ways. Um, and just as a reminder, uh, because we're not doing weekly reviews for better call Saul, the next time we'll be back. Roger Jake is August 15th, the week of August 15th, when the series, the entire series 
comes to an end. Not just season six. Jesus Christ. Better Call Saul. I can't even rapping. imagine. I know. When did this Ugh. show start? Was it? It was 2015, right? Sounds about right. It was like 2015, 2016, I think. May as well have been 15 years ago. <laughs> I know. It's it's truly insane. So uh, we apologize, you know, just because we have busy schedules uh, week to week, so we couldn't do uh, weekly reviews. But we're still very excited to uh, at least be able to take the time every once in a while uh, to talk about this special show with you. February 8th. 2015. Wow. Wow. Jesus. Well, oh that would God. have been like a year and a half after Breaking Bad ended, right? Because Breaking wow. Bad was like, 20, yeah. Breaking Bad ended sometime in the second half of 2013, I believe. So that's, that's truly wow. insane that the, those were like so close together. Yeah, um, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anytime I hear something that's long ago, I just go, what am I doing? What is happening? <laughs> Why was that seven years ago? Anyways, just a reminder for screencast, you could be one of our Patreon supporters We're at the silver tier or above. You could watch this show ad free and live as it's being recorded. Just like Cameron Kennedy, Jake step and James Moore are. And you could be one of our lovely Patreon producers like Molecule and Fargo Brady over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Speaking of ads, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, Athletic Greens, and Me Undies, but we'll tell you about that later. Let's talk about Better Call Saul Season 6, Part 2, Episode 8, titled Point and Shoot, written by Gordon Smith, directed by the man, Vince Gilligan. Jake, I want to start with you. How are you feeling after the month-long break, uh, month-and-a-half-long break? I don't know how long it's been anymore at this point. The show's been running for seven years. How would you feel of the uh, mid-season premiere? It felt like a long time, but coming right back, my butthole was clenched from the beginning of the episode to the end. And I, I was just so amazed that they kept that momentum Despite a drop off and like a, oh, do I remember everything? Nope, we were good. It was perfectly done and it was tense from beginning to end. And every character got like a real crazy moment. Yeah. Yeah. Roger, how about you? How are you feeling after last night? They set the tone really early because beforehand uh, I was on AMC Plus. What a god awful dog shit service! But like that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) I can only watch on my computer. There's no app for it on like the LG. Like no, it's it's the worst. Yeah, but they uh, they had uh, they had like the live. I guess the AMC feed, and they weren't showing the last episodes of Better Call Saul. They were showing the final episodes of Breaking Bad. And I, that oh, really got me. That, that that really kind of like I was like, oh no, we're in the end game. And yeah. once this episode starts, it just from beginning to end, it is a ride that even though there were moments of it that I predicted, even throughout it, I was like, this is gonna happen. Would they do it in such an interesting way? And they do it in such yeah. a Breaking Bad way that keeps you guessing to the point where when th- certain things happen, I'm like, what if they just like. I just feel like I was like when when Gus is in danger this entire episode I was like what if he just fucking died like what if they just like they're just like this is a different timeline this and is a I would never that good yeah I would be like I'm fine with that I, I yeah, love that they were I love that they were playing final Breaking Bad episodes before yeah. this premiered just because I was thinking you know we're gonna talk about some parallels later on in this uh, this uh, show. Um, but these this episode and the last episode before the break really felt like um, a two-parter Ozymandias level event. And it's insane to me, like, after the episode finished last night, that we still have five episodes left. There's, like, it feels like there's not a lot left to do, but at the same time, like, there's there's going to be a lot to, to kind of take in with these uh, last five episodes if we're already here 
right? We yeah. talked about yeah. earlier in the season. I think it was the second episode of the season where Nacho, Nacho, who's <laughs> been a main character, a mainstay, a, a, a staple in this show, uh, is killed off in the second episode of the final season, not anywhere near the, the finale and stuff like that. And the way that they've been kind of spreading all of these major events out uh, throughout the season is just truly insane. Um, yeah. I have... Two pages of notes, which is which is oh how God. you know that yeah. uh, this is a, a, a good episode. Um, but uh, Roger, where do you want to yeah. start? Where do you want to go with uh, this episode? Well, I, I think I want to start off with the the intro because there was a lot of ways where we all we talked about like where is this gonna go? Like, how is are they gonna have to hide the body? Like, are, but it goes into a direction that I had I completely blindsided me to the point where i fell for all of lalo's bullshit like i with the fact that he gave them a note he's like you have to go and you have to kill gus and you have to go to this door you have to go to this address first things first i'm trying to think during this moment i'm like could i follow these instructions absolutely not i could not follow these instructions i would get lost says, so easily we would not yeah. be able to survive into this universe because everybody oh, is no. way too smart in this universe <laughs> no absolutely not but i i i completely fell for it uh for this entire plot because it was just all a distraction at the end of the day but it, it took this episode from okay i think i know where they're going here to oh i had no idea i i know this is this and like succession for me are shows that i always have theories for i always have a theory of oh the kendall's gonna do this this is gonna happen but then the writers are just so much smarter than me right <laughs> they're they're so much smarter and it's not even worth it me even for me even having a, a, a theory because i know they're gonna end up doing it in a way different way even if the base idea is solid but that was that was for me the moment where it, it, i was like okay is this is this going are we gonna have a universe changing moment where she goes and she kills gossip but for real like it was it was uh that was a, a a moment for me that kind of shifted where this finale could go because there was a real part of me where i was like kim might kill somebody in this mm -hmm. moment and that yeah. might be her her switch up for sure uh jake how about uh, how about you like uh, were, were we we start off with the whole setup right uh like roger was talking about of you kind of slowly put together with like oh this is the alibi that has been created to cover the death of of howard hamlin um and uh, the way that it starts out especially where we left off in um the uh, the last episode right you're thinking to yourself of like oh this is like an idea that Lalo probably put together and, like, made Jimmy and Kim, like, help him out with that. And then you slowly, like, uh, near the end of the episode, you start to really put together, of like, oh, no, this is this is how things are going down. So after the kind of, like, uh, the cold open with Howard's uh, shoe kind of, like, washing up on this beach. And it was so good. That was so Vince Gilligan, too. It, it's like, so Vince Gilligan. It's so uh, – and you see the namaste uh, license plate, and you're like, yeah. oh. Okay, this is this is how they're doing it. And then we open up Jake on the candle that flickers in the last episode. Um, we're, we're, how did you feel about this whole like where things were going with Lalo trying to like uh, set them up for this whole distraction plan? That whole bit, like I feel like they really cashed the check that they wrote at the end of the last episode where you saw like uh, Jimmy and Kim at their most like freaked out that you've ever seen them and probably the best acting like just the most convincing you've ever seen and then this episode just kind of continued with that where the whole thing with jimmy convincing lalo for her to go was like heartbreaking but also like terrifying and freaky but just so upsetting and as she's there next to him 
begging him and yeah. freaking out and like melting. It was crazy. And then how they do it again, it's it, it's brilliant. What I love that they did is that by the end of the episode, not to jump forward, they sat them back down to next to, to each other, like yeah. not on the same couch, but like they they sat them down and it was like a totally different dynamic. And I just thought the whole Lalo, Jimmy, Kim thing was crazy because I, I, I kind of thought... I, you know, Roger, you were kind of saying like, you don't know what's going to happen. You were coming up with theories. I was like, oh, is this where Kim gets yeah. disappeared? Or is this where Kim, you know, yeah. does she get shot was, on the front was, porch when she goes there? When she was walking up, because, you know, like when she's driving to Gus's house um, and, you know, there's the stoplight moment and she like, yeah. even, like rolls down her window next to the police car. I was like, oh, God, like, this is going to go so sideways, even if she, like, gets the police involved because we're dealing with the men that we're dealing with here in the scenario. And then the the fact that she kind of, again, it's one of those, like, very unique Kim Wexler things where she knows probably what the, like, moral, quote-unquote, thing to do is, but then she's like, no, I'm part of this life. Like, this is is what I need to do to protect Jimmy and myself. And that was, like, I think one – probably the most surprising moment when was when she decides to keep driving and to like and not you know uh report to the authorities or anything that was just like a goddamn this is it like Roger said it's like very predictable but still per, uh surprising in the way that they they write out these moments and even I, the amount of questions that you have while it's yeah. going down like yeah. I think it was so impressive considering it's the first scene you're like why is Jimmy is is Jimmy finally showing that he's like a spineless yeah. Is Jimmy selling her out? Does Jimmy think that she can actually do a better job? Is Jimmy like 3D chessing it, 4D chessing it? Is he six steps away? Like, like I had no idea. It could have been any of those things. Yeah. And it, it, the way it turned out was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that was one of the things where I was scared too. I was like, yeah, like, is he spineless? Uh, like Mike uh, said about Kim a couple episodes ago, does like Jimmy just understand that she's she's made of harder stuff? Um, because she, you know, she knew that uh, Lala was still alive and kicking. Um, uh, when Mike told her a couple episodes ago. And so, yeah, I had that moment. But then, like, the way that she was able to even read him in that moment where she understood of, like, this was his way of getting me out of there and to get me to, like, get out of here. And, like, he's essentially just sacrificing his own life to make sure that I'm safe. Um, And I was just so scared when she's walking up to Gus. Because you know, like, with Lalo's plan, right, he knows that he's sending one of them to their death because he knows that Gus's men are there like uh, protecting his house and you're you're slowly putting together the pieces of like what his true like motivation is here and um, when she's walking up to the house I'm just like screaming out loud like please for the love of God Mike recognize her like so, like please don't let it be some like random like Gus uh, like a uh, hired gun who just like opens the door and shoots her because she's the one standing yeah. there um, and then when Mike shows up behind her I was like oh thank God thank God he knows um, he Batmans her he Batmans her he real good Batman. I, I thought it was gonna be because like they had wait they had set up the whole like you know Gus every day he gets dressed he puts on his little bulletproof vest he goes into Far Cry 6 and does his thing like <laughs> it it really was wild because I was sitting there thinking like oh She's going to do it. She's going to go through with it. She's going to go pow, pow, pow. He's going to fall backwards. But then you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. He has a bulletproof vest. Mm. And then something else would develop. But no, it ended up just being more buck wild insane because she immediately gets scooped up by Mike. And then the Mike stuff in this episode, guys, like Mike was incredible. Jonathan Banks. 
it's him, like his best. It's, the, it's his best. Yes, absolutely. I had that written it's down like in my to, notes. To see him drop the whole uh, like tired, tired old bitter guy facade yeah. and like really you actually see some agency, some urgency to him. It's almost like he kind of learned from losing Nacho where like yeah. he's like, ah, f- I can't f- fuck this up again. I got to. It was it was something else to see actual stress in his eyes. The intense walk from like uh, the Gus's house to like the fa- to like the the hideout house, like underneath yeah. the ground, and it's like kind of doing like they're all intensely walking, and more guys are joining him <laughs> and stuff like that. It was like, God damn, this is this is some classic Breaking Bad uh, universe like intense. We're missing the most important thing about this is that they introduce a fake Gus. <laughs> I which, know, <laughs> which got me so bad. Like, that like, guy, it's <laughs> just a fucking dude. I know, it got like was... an Adam Sandler bit. Yeah, it really did. It really, and they did. like never bring it up again. Like, like, no. yeah. I don't know if we've ever seen that guy be a part of Gus's crew. Like, we, like, who was that man? I need to know. Um, I would just love that that was the moment where he realized that he was the Patsy. <laughs> that guy was just yeah, he's he was like, just what? Like, <laughs> he's like, I thought this is our uniforms. Yeah. I, oh fuck, okay. Uh, I, mean, I was here for IT. What the hell? <laughs> I, I, I love the moment with uh, uh, while that's all happening too. We cut back to to Lalo interrogating Saul, where he's got him zip tied up and he's like covering his uh, he's gagging his mouth. And the kind of the moment where he's like uh, where Lalo walks um, Saul through kind of his like thought process, where he's like, "Well, you know, I, someone tried to uh, kill me back home, and you know, Nacho mm-hmm. was a part of that plan, and you know, I found it just very interesting that." You know, who introduced me to you? Oh, it was Nacho. And so that was one of the, the questions that I still had uh, in the first half of the season where I was like, where is this all going to come together because of the, the line from Breaking Bad where, you know, he's convinced that uh, Walt and Jesse are, are people sent um, by Lalo. And he's like spouting like it was all Nacho. It was all Nacho. And like this this scene right here kind of like tied that up in a, in a nice little bow for me where, where even though at the end of the episode he knows that Lalo is dead, he probably still understands that there's still people out there that are like part of his family and stuff like that. Um, so that's always something kind of like haunting him. Um, or even like shoulder. this is this this would be the what the second time that Lalo comes back from the dead or whatever. So like that oh, I, we have I, to a me, great I, moment talking about like yeah. the positive yeah. the, the absolute terrifying force of Lalo. Um, yeah, there was something else. Oh, the the moment where uh, Kim's freaking out. Mike's like sit down talk to me and you know he, he she's walking him through of like what happened why she was sent there and while he's walking away she like kind of goes back into full freak out mode and she says you said you were watching us where were you and talking about uh jonathan banks and his performance as a mic the moment where he like he, the way he looks back at her is one of the most like rare mic moments where he like you see him feel guilty and it was yeah. like, God damn, like he he does really feel like he failed, especially with Nacho recently. Um, and just because they were hung like it like really like trying to um kind of like f- settle down and like kind of like build up a wall against Lalo and be prepared in any possible way. And the fact that like Lalo was able to find like the one little crack in their plan to like really mess with them. Like yeah. you really it- see that in that moment. And you don't see Mike completely lose as much as we see this episode. Like this was yeah. a complete L on his part. And seeing that and seeing how it kind of 
how it reinforces his character and we'll get to that the ending but it it, it adds talking about a prequel like this adds a lot of uh, uh substance to what he becomes in breaking bad and the way he operates and continues to operate throughout the show a hundred percent uh it's like black ops mike he's like yeah. super ta- tactical mike we got a lot of tactical <laughs> and, mike this and, episode. and i love that you know like we we've seen his relationship with uh gus o- over the course of these last couple of seasons and like how they weren't immediately like the, you know mike wasn't immediately like the second in command almost like we've seen him for uh, like almost all of breaking bad right <clears throat> and i love that we get to kind of see this moment where they both failed in their own ways, and uh, this probably this incident was them being like, All right, we always got to be on the same page with each other. Yeah. They even have that moment later on. Like, Mike's the one to call yeah. out to Gus of, like, the next time you feel like you want to be Mr. Investigator, tell me. You can't do that shit on your own. And, uh, you know, I, I, the way that Gus kind of reacts to that, it's like... Oh, he does have my back, and like that, like I love that. You know, we got to see a little bit of Gus's failings in the in this uh, as well, and just again continuing this whole how scared Gus is of Lalo. This entire episode of Giancarlo Esposito, I think, really nailed it. Of just like you see him fidgeting when he's like uh, trying to like uh, stay put in the the fake house. Um, when they arrive to the the laundromat and he's kind of looking around and his men are like, Oh, like what are, what are we looking for? And he just sees like the sweat and he's scared. He sees the, he kind of is registering like this fan is broken. Why is this broken? And just like how that all just like explodes a second later um, in a way that he predicted, um, but wasn't like a hundred percent sure that it was actually going to happen. Did y'all think like me that, he, that Lalo is going to be hiding in like the big laundry bag? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to cause he was like, cause it was kind of like shaking. I was like, Oh, he's going to like pop out and be like, eh. surprise. <laughs> um, I want to talk uh, more about, about uh, this confrontation with Lalo and Gus. But before we get to that, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you, so why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my desktop, uh, all everything. Anytime I'm using the internet, just because I am trying to stay as safe as possible. The best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. You can use our link, expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer? As if you aren't booked and busy already. But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget. Because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience. But you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a MeUndies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love 
the soft micro modal fabric. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you out there. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for the free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 50% off your order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focused, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Jake, we get to this moment with Lalo and Gus. You know, Lalo uh, recording Gus while Gus is on his uh, uh, knees, hands behind his head, How'd you feel about this whole sequence of, you know, Lalo forcing Gus to kind of give him the, the full on uh, nickel tour of the laundromat? It's so good. I, I really like Lalo's whole like Joker energy to the whole scene, especially the end, which we'll get to. But uh, really, it was it was um, Gus uh, Giancarlo Esposito, like really showing that fear and like that facade coming open a little bit the the whole like tense him walking through and lalo kind of beating his ass and like kicking him in the dirt literally embarrassing him bringing him to his lowest which is something that he's not really used to uh but it was something that he was able to take so you're like oh okay there's there's definitely more to this guy and then when he unloads on the camera uh when he's like let me tell him what i really think about him like obviously he's distracting him it's a distraction play but everything he was saying like he felt and he was for real yeah, about yeah. It. and that was real like gustavo that was like real ass dude that wasn't the that whole was, super villain that, that was the full speech he probably wanted to give when we saw yeah. him in breaking bad when you know uh the spoilers for the the previous show when he like uh he kills don Eladio. like that was definitely the full kind of message that he was trying to give which i absolutely loved um incredible yeah, and I, I the, one of the little moments too, where you know uh, Lalo's kind of like checking like his pockets, while at the same time Mike is putting together of um, like, oh shit, Gus is like where they they pick up Jimmy and Jimmy doesn't yeah. know where they are, uh, but like he left like right after Kim did, and Mike's like, oh god, like there's a different plan here, and he's trying to call Gus. Oh, the other quick moment that I want to point out before we continue is I love how Gus puts it together. Um, which is like a yeah. very similar parallel uh, to Breaking Bad where, you know, Jeff, Jesse near the end of the show goes off the grid 
and Walt is preparing for literally every single scenario that he can possibly think of. The one scenario he can't think of is Jesse teaming up with Hank. And that was like almost the same exact situation here where they understood that the lawyers were an angle, but you know, because of all of these different angles, Gus in and of himself was like, you know, the they're, he's probably not never going to go after the lawyers. Like that's that's yeah. kind of stupid. Let's protect literally everything else. And Lalo was able to find that one little crack to like really surprise him. Yeah. With. Um, and and Gus being just saying when he's talking to Kim and 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 she's explained the situation, he's just like he talked Lalo out of it. Like you yeah. realizing like oh this is yeah. not this is not the real yeah. plan here. Like you, there's something else going on here. Jimmy, Jimmy's it. yeah Jimmy's not uh, that good. Yeah like. like he, he, <laughs> You don't talk Lalo out of something. So the fact that he was convinced means that it he didn't it care mattered. who was sent. Uh, and I just I loved that moment that he he put together. Again, everybody way too smart in this universe. Um, yeah. But to 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 go back to the uh, to the the laundromat meth lab. Um, let's let's just get into this whole sequence down in the uh, down in the dirt here. Um, Roger, how'd you feel about this whole message and the, the the shootout that follows? Yeah, it was it was interesting because I I of course was thinking about the tractor and the gun because I brought that up last episode. I was thinking about that yeah, the entire time. Yes, yeah. So I was like I was like this is gonna happen. I I feel I was thinking about the, all the ways it was going to happen. But the thing I didn't expect was the amount of uh, how how it wasn't gonna be clear, right? Like he turns off the he turns off the lights, he does the shots and. There was a moment I had two thoughts where I was like, one, did did he actually kill Lalo, which he ends up doing? But two, is this not the end? Does Lalo run away with that footage now? Now, like I thought that that's where the show was going to go and lead yeah. lead us to where he where this maybe was a, a 40 chess moment for Lalo, where he was just trying to get this all on footage at the very least so you can show everybody else. And there's going to be a big gang war or something like that. So. But the 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 fake out on our expectations and then it confirming that Lalo was dead is is peak breaking bad peak peak better call Saul for me because I again like even if you remember that that gun in there it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because Breaking Bad is is smarter than you <laughs> it's smarter yeah. to you and it's going to it's going to <laughs> it's going to fake you out. It also played on good viewer expectations where it, it, with how they set up how slippery Lalo is. And you actually get the feeling watching that Gus may have even gotten where he's like, oh, holy shit, I got him. Because yeah. the way it goes down, it's so sloppy and it's so messy. You're like, ah, he's fine or he's going to walk it off. We've seen Lalo take so many crazy hits. Uh, and then to actually feel the same exact way as Gus on screen to be like, oh, shit, he's, yeah. we got him. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was it was amazing. I have written down here in my notes uh, just like it kind of. Uh, writing scenes down as they happen. Gus kicks the lights off and runs to the gun he hid and shoots Lalo and keeps clicking the gun even after you hear the body drop. Something about the shot from behind him looking into the dark is terrifying, even with the camera screen on the floor. That's how yeah. impressionable Lalo was as a villain. Even when dead, you think he could still jump out of the shadows. That shot yep. where it's like you see the camera on the floor out of focus and it slowly comes into focus. There's just something about it, something about Lalo. And this is, you know, He's definitely top tier Breaking Bad universe uh, villain here of just like you still think maybe maybe he's yeah. coming out of this alive somehow. And I, I, I love that like just 
just how fucking gross it is, too, because he shot him, like, right in the throat so he can no longer run his fucking mouth, almost, so he can no longer speak. And I love, yeah. uh, Jake, you were alluding to this kind of Joker moment where he's got this blood pouring out of his mouth and he's dying laughing. What do you yeah. guys think, like, what was he laughing about? Like, what, 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 did, what did you guys interpret that as? I... I you can go. You, you go ahead. No, I mean I don't. I don't know. I, I just. I. It's just his last laugh, right? Like I. I didn't. I didn't go any deeper than that. I was just like, this is the perfect ending for this character. Like that's exactly <laughs> how I wanted it to be. Yeah. It was. I was looking for, like, because Breaking Bad has some good iconic deaths, you know. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh man, is he gonna get half skeleton too? Because like, is, are we gonna have something like kind of iconic like that? And we did. It was gross. And then that laugh that choking laugh but that like that actor has like the most incredible smile like you just love that smile yeah. there's something about it and for that to be the last thing and it to be exactly the same but gross and then he dies is like ooh yeah and and, 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 and he started like he has such that like iconic smile and that laugh and that's how we were introduced to him right where he's in the yeah. kitchen um like uh making food and, and near the what was it wasn't that the like the end of season three or something like that um yeah i believe so and he's like oh i'm just you know i'm taking care of things you know like i'm just here to check things out and like i love that we got introduced to him being this a smiley bubbly but you know something underneath the surface and isn't entirely right and he ends with that same just haunting smile um he's all charm and it, yeah. it's like he died with that charm yeah. and it's like if you think about his character now like there were not really did he ever really screw up much he was just the ever present like you know all all knowing yeah really good at everything always survives guy and so for him to finally get surprised kind of makes gus even cooler and, and more powerful. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, yeah, really, like, his only failing really at the end there was just came down to luck almost because they're yeah. doing a firefight in the dark, right? Um, but he did uh, kind of uh, uh, nick uh, uh, Gus there a little bit at uh, right there because he got him in the side and he kind of collapses there. I, 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 I think his major failing at the ending was his, his just how uh, – how passionate and how uh, how protective of he is of his family, right? And like mm. and and the way yeah. that Gus like just just pushed on that pressure point, to just almost got like you can see in his face he was smiling and then he starts to to the smile starts to fade. That anger starts to build in him and then he just became sloppy. And I loved I, I now that I'm thinking about that Good death. Point. The thing that the thing that I took from that it, him looking up smiling is like I took you down a peg almost. Like I took you were this person that was above everything and now you're here with a gun you shot me like you killed me you're you got your hands dirty and it's yeah. it's almost like they're on the same level playing field it's 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 kind of it's kind of brilliant that's in, a great point in any lesser show this would have been where the episode ends yeah. <clears throat> but we still get the aftermath here right we uh, uh i forget his name lyle lyle we get, we yeah. get lyle <laughs> walking into los Pollos hermanos this <laughs> Poor assistant manager who it, like always has to work on the worst days. Yeah. And Gus literally like calling in sick to him, which I found like really funny. And he's yeah. like, "Hey, he's like, lo he, yeah, he's his most loyal minion for sure. Like out of yeah. everybody on his pay payroll, like this guy's getting paid like two dollars. Shout out to Lyle. Like wage. I hope you know. I yeah. don't know if Dude. Lyle actually ever showed up in Breaking Bad. I don't think he was ever at that Los Poyos. I hope we get a moment at any point this season that like." 
you know, it does the dumb explanation of, like, why he isn't at that store. But I hope he's, like, given his own store to manage. Like, I hope, Absolutely. like, that's his, like, almost his, <laughs> like, be, character growth like, in that way. <laughs> watch out for him because, I mean, the fact that Gus was like, I'm going to need you to open and close today and tomorrow. And he was like, sure, no problem. Like, yeah. nothing. Like, just as cold as Gus. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, man, there's no way in real life anyone would ever react that way, ever. <clears throat> well, he probably, like, you know, he's, like, a stone cold and in his head he's like, Fuck, man! I gotta open and close these next two days. Like day last night. Is, oh my god, sucks, dude. Because that's definitely how I was. Like, if yeah. if I was told something like that, I'd be like, "Yeah, okay." In my head, I'm just like fucking screaming. I'm like, "I'm gonna be so exhausted." But, uh, but Gus delivering that phone call while getting operated on, like, like you know, army surgeon style on a couch, yeah. and he's just on the phone doing the voice the f the facade is back up and it's like we're back in full business baby with Gus it was awesome um and then we go over to um back to Jimmy's apartment where uh, Kim is finally home uh, they, they hug each other one of the you know they get the answer uh, or the question answered that like we were thinking at the beginning of this episode of like will they ever see each other again after tonight and they do um, they hug and you know Mike does the classic thing and it, I think this is uh, this kind of goes back to when we were very first introduced to Mike in Breaking Bad where uh, Jane dies or uh, this yeah. might not have been the first time we saw no it is no it, it is. is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where Jane dies and he walks Watch Jesse through of like, this is the story. You don't know anything. You woke up and she was already like this. You don't know anything else. All of this stuff. And he does the same exact thing with Kim and Jimmy, which I absolutely adored. A lot of callbacks, a lot of parallels this episode. Um, yeah. I woke up. I found her. That's all I know. Yeah. I yeah. woke up. I is found that, that's her. That's all I know. It was, so, it was so cool. Um, this, this one this one really hit me, though. Like, I mean, that one, of course, in Breaking Bad was, was a big moment. This one, like... The fact that they have to go and they have to go to court and they have to live their day like nothing happened yeah. after this. And then he's just like, you guys are going to be the best actors ever. And just you don't space off. You don't you don't look into the into the ceiling. You just do your thing. And and uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, that little like teaser at the ending for the next episode of just like them just yep. trying to like hope that this just goes away one day. And th th I didn't expect the show to go that way. Yeah. I didn't expect there to be like this massive moment of them just having to deal with this, this trauma essentially. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that that is where the show is going to lead of like them, ex uh, it, uh, fully embracing the Saul lifestyle of yeah. like, this is the only way to cope with this trauma essentially because they can't tell anybody yeah I and, I and I think that's where the next four episodes are going for sure and I kind of yeah. like that like the the one critique I have of the exceptional uh, almost perfect show that is Breaking Bad is that the aftermath of Ozymandias is just two episodes and there's a lot of time skip in uh in between Ozymandias and the last episode too and you don't really get to sit down with like how they're coping with all of the shit that just happened and I I I, I do like you can because uh, at the same time I'm like where the fuck are we going and then seeing that teaser where it's like oh we're actually going to sit with like the aftermath of these two yeah. characters and how they're going to process with this and most likely Kim is going to have to walk away from this because she can't uh, just like you know forget uh, of like the uh, consequences that their actions brought them. One of my notes here is literally like Mike used like he even calls it out where he's like. You know, someone's going to find his car in a couple of days. Uh, the odometer is going to be perfectly of, like, how long it takes to drive here to this beach. Um, we're setting it up as, like, you know, he, like, OD'd or, like, walked into the ocean or whatever. Um, 
and that was like you guys were already setting that up right and like Mike used their framed Howard setup to cover up his death. They were literally helping dig his grave this whole yeah. season, and they didn't even realize it until this moment. And it's just, again, classic Vince Gilligan and company uh, storytelling there, which is just so perfect. Again, very predictable, but in the way that they tell it is is, is very, very good. Hey, y'all. Uh, there's how y'all a moment. Doing? Oh, what Where? up, Andy Cortez? Huh? I just wanted to hop in real quick and just uh, add on that, yeah, the uh, just keep continue telling the same lie you've been telling was such a gut punch for them. You, you got to assume that just feels like shit. Yeah. And also, I wanted to just double up on what Barrett said, his least favorite part from Breaking Bad. My least favorite part from Breaking Bad was the dubstep scene when he gets um, mm, that's Walt Jr. a car. That's, that's my least favorite scene. Okay. Uh, okay. I love you guys. Sorry I couldn't be here, but uh, I'm God dang, what a show. I'm glad you survived the trip that Greg sent you on to the, the white brick house at the black door, Andy. I'm, I'm oh, glad you survived. Good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah, we got it back. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. Um, the last couple of notes here is, uh, you know, they literally fridge Howard. Um, yeah. and oh, I do want to hit on a moment. There's a moment. Talk about that moment Mike, while I get my dog uh, ready to uh, see her dog walker really quick. Sorry. Yes, that's perfect. I am pro dog. Do, do anything there's a moment where uh you know mike is doing his whole thing and he's like now remember yeah nothing happened and say it back to me and like when kim says like nothing happened and she's like clearly so broken jimmy looks over at her with this like meek like his face drops and he looks over like kind of nervous at her and like you see his entire soul leave his body and i'm mm. like bob odenkirk is so good. Yeah, that's incredible. Dude. Just this little subtle thing, and you're like, that. That's rough. You can, yeah, like, you can what pinpoint the moment. You can pinpoint that moment. It's, it's. I, I think that 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 entire scene just, just. It really, it really broke me because I did not. I, 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 as I said before, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that level of, hey, we're going, we're going to go deep into this trauma of these two people, and I, I'm, I'm scared what is going to, how Kim is going to take, take with this because she didn't experience yeah. anything. Any, she didn't experience the desert where multiple people died in front of. Jimmy. No, none of the crazy stuff. The, the Breaking yeah. Bad like hijinks, like none of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I. I don't see her going to the police. I, I, I mean, she, I think she's, she's too far gone for that. So, I mean, I, I know there's been a theory of her, of her committing suicide. I don't know if I see that either. Like I, I, I don't know where this character goes at all. Honestly. No, no, but it does a good job of this show in particular, where a lot of like crazy stuff, a lot of grim, a lot of dark, weird stuff happens in breaking bad, but with Better Call Saul, the it only like the grimness only sets in at very specific points. Yeah, and it really settled in here. This was one of those couple of moments in the show where you're like, "Oh, this is all dark now. This is all brutal. Yeah. This show yeah. is like mean." From yeah. that whole thing to then, uh, what's his name getting fridged? Like, yeah, you actually Dude, cared. Like seeing, seeing it, him, yeah. It's like he looked pathetic and he was just slumped over and then shoving his knees into the fridge. Like yeah. you were like, oh, mama mia. Like that's that's terrible. And, and by this time in Breaking Bad, we've seen how many people die, how many people get thrown yeah. to acid. So the fact the fact that we're seeing this like you know, fridging and it actually affecting us is 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 really important. But I will want to say really quick, 
that this is the first time I noticed how good their apartment is. It's a beautiful apartment. It's, it's a so great apartment. It's, it's so gorgeous. And, and I, I think I get so a mad. Fridge, Roger. It's yeah, so good. it's great. Stainless steel too. Oh my god, you can't say no to that. <laughs> where where are we at right now? What, what have I missed? Oh, uh, we're, we're just, yeah, the fridge. We we're just talking about yeah. the fridge. How um, it just affect us? And and so like uh, my thought process was uh, because you know it's like all right, they're they're gonna take the car there. They're going to hope that the body washes up. It never will. So I'm like, are they putting him in the fridge? Because, like, the fridge is going to f- float to the bottom of the ocean. But I don't think that's how fr- – I think fridges float. Like, like w- w- what's going on yeah. there? And so, like, the thing I least suspected, right, was, like, we cut back to, you know, we're, we're in the last scene, right? And we go to to the meth lab. And I immediately put together of, like, oh, my God, Lalo has been buried underneath this meth lab the entire time. And this is how so you do cool. a, good pre- a prequel. Uh, damn to be Nick Scarpino, who thinks that prequels can't be done. When they add new context and more substance to the original, that's how you do a prequel. And just the, the, the fact that Lalo, not only him, but Howard Hamlin himself <sighs> is also buried down under there. Where they're kind of, like cuddling a little bit in, in like the way that they're uh they're, they're yeah laying down so there. you know what's so crazy with the show is like i don't know about you guys but i watch a lot of like stuff uh <laughs> you see dead bodies all the time in in yeah. television and, yeah. and media and like there was something about the way maybe it was just seeing those characters for so long and then to see them totally distilled down to just floppy bodies that looked a little pathetic and yeah. sad yeah you know, if it was a it was a weird feeling. It's been a long time since I've seen a show with dead bodies, and I went, "Wow, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah." Because these are because these are also very alive characters, right? Like yeah. Lalo and Hamlin have such iconic personalities. We're, we're, yeah, the we're show. talking about like uh, charisma. Like these are the yeah. two most charismatic characters of the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then seeing them distilled to that and like, and it's, and, and I guess we should talk about Mike and, and taking those and taking those pieces that he needed for the framing of, of Hamlin's death. But like, it's, it, it's almost, he, he almost does with care. Like he, t- he takes these things and it doesn't feel like what sometimes we see him do things like that. And it's just like, whatever, I'm taking the shit from the body. I'm going to put it over there. But like you, mm-hmm. you feel that moment of like, ah, fuck like this. This is not the way that the should have went down, and yeah. he takes this personally. Yeah. And he even yeah. says "easy" with him. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. easy. And so yeah. when he's looking down at there, like I, I, the kind of thing that I took away from it is like not only is he sees this as uh, last night as his failing of protecting Gus, of you know telling Kim that you know they were watching out for her and they failed in that aspect. But I, it brought me back to his, uh, you know, like obviously Lalo was there, but then <clears throat> I wonder, I do wonder if he was also thinking about, you know, Howard, who was not involved in this life whatsoever, and like whatever family he's leaving behind. And I wonder if that brought him back to, you know, his son and like his son being killed and like kind of mm. the the family that was left behind after his son's death and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which again, very, very good building up of like, you know, you can take even just a look, not even an entire scene, a look in the show a million different ways because of how well they flesh out all of these characters. Yeah, and in a roundabout way, he causes Hamlin's death just because of his connection to Jimmy, right? Yeah. Like, if if him and Jimmy didn't have that connection, then mm-hmm. Jimmy wouldn't have went down this path necessarily. So, like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a yeah. full circle moment of, hey, I didn't, I caused this technically. So while Andy yeah, and was they develop out, him, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say they've developed him enough where like you can at least know what he's thinking where he still has enough of a conscience where he's like, oh, an innocent man yep. like this yeah. sucks. Yep. And you see him looking at the bodies and it's like you almost 
think that that's the furthest, like that moment, because they let it linger, like him thinking about that is probably the absolute furthest he's been from when he was like a Philly beat cop or whatever he was back in the day. Exactly. So while Andy was out on this mission from Greg, uh, he did send me some more notes that he had. Uh, He he loves the parallel of Jimmy uh, slash Walt laying on his side looking at Howard slash Hank's face of, you know, where uh, in Ozymandias, right, where Walt uh, sinks to the ground and he's literally Mm -hmm. has to face the consequences of his actions in his uh, brother-in-law's death. Um, You know, all all roads were going to lead him to this moment of Hank being dead, and that's the same here with Jimmy and, and Howard of, you know, where he's trying to get out of the chair and he falls over and he literally has to f- face the consequences of his actions, not only being a part of this life, uh, this cartel life, but also what he's been doing to Howard. Not only did they set up uh, the kind of perfect um, uh, story to cover Howard's death this entire season, but also if they had not been messing with Howard, he would not have shown up that night and no one would have died. It would have just been if that had gone similarly um, uh, without Howard there, presumably Lala would have been the only one to have been killed that night. And that that is like another moment where it's just like, I, I, again, I'm excited for these next couple episodes to kind of sit with probably Jimmy and Kim going through those same thoughts as well and how that's going to eat them. Um, and he also says, uh, what now didn't expect Lalo to die so soon. All I could think about was uh, Roger reminding us about the pistol that uh, Fring left down there. Uh, yet another moment of the goat Fring being ultra perceptive and realizing something was wrong when Kim talked to him on the phone. Uh, I hope Lyle is set up for life. Uh, and another note to read, uh, love the typical Gilligan showing what happens at the end of the episode, but damn. It wasn't until the final burial sequence where Mike has them take off the wedding ring and wallet that it hit me really hard that Howard is dead really tragic stuff um yeah so, yeah uh, andy nailed it there it well said just, it, it again a lot of parallels a lot of callbacks a lot of just it felt very heavy because we knew that howard has been dead for like the last month they remind us at the very beginning of this episode but again the entire burial at the at the end there that was just like damn this man who was not a part of this life whatsoever uh, was the one to to fully face the the consequences um to wrap up the show this week before we uh, take a break and come back, the the week that the show uh, wraps up in uh, August fifteenth, what are our th- what are our theories, general theories, general thoughts of where we're going for these final five episodes? Jake, yeah, I'll start I was with, or Roger, I'll oh, start sorry. with you. <laughs> uh, I, I I was talking to Jake when you were gone that I don't have no idea where Kim goes from this. I, I have no idea. I see a part of me. I think she survives. So I don't know if she's a recluse. I don't know if she's just haunted by this memory. And j- that's the only way Jimmy can move forward is as Saul. And she doesn't have that necessarily. Um, so she just becomes someone that just stays inside and doesn't really do much. I can see that as my only possible um, future. But I think this ends with Jimmy in jail. The more we think, I think about it, the more I think about how Walt died. Um, uh, I almost said Aaron, just Aaron Je- Paul, Jesse. Jesse escapes. <laughs> Jesse escapes, and then now um, Saul goes to prison. That's the, that's, the, that's where my yeah. My I, I like the at. three different endings for these uh, for that trio. Yeah. I, I, that's what I've been thinking for the last couple months. So yeah, I'm I'm into that as well. Uh, for Kim, I've been thinking about you know it, it, again. I I keep going back to the the little black book. Uh, mm. that Jimmy was able to kind of uh, take from the the animal pharmacist man um, who hooks people up with uh, uh, secret jobs. And um, 
you know, that was a f- that was a fun little moment of like, oh, this is how Saul gets all of his contacts. This is how he gets the card for the vacuum cleaner. But again, knowing these writers, they're not just setting this up to have it be a like a you know I feel like there's something more to it than just oh this is how you know he gets all of his hookups in the other show I feel like th- we're gonna come back to that at some point and I do think Kim is going to be the first one that because obviously the way that Saul introduces uh, the vacuum cleaner in um, Breaking Bad it seems like he had done that before. And, yeah. I, you know, uh, I, I do think Kim is going to be the first testing ground for that. Mm. Uh, and I, I do like the, you know, again, very uh, Vince Gilligan uh, being inspired by the uh, words of George Lucas. It's all about poetry. Right. And so I love the it idea rhymes. of like Kim <laughs> being it rhymes. Uh, Kim being the first one to like really test out like in Jimmy's world, uh, you know, the the vacuum uh, shop uh uh, relocation thing and then him ended, ending up having to do that as well later on in his life and that's how he leads himself uh, back into prison or whatever um, yeah. I, I and I think it'll be less of an emergency thing we've really only seen it in an emergency situation I do think it'll be a she can't deal with this uh, life anymore and she needs to get the fuck out like maybe she doesn't even tell Jimmy that's where she goes maybe she just like picks up and picks up and leaves but maybe at the same time she maybe lets something slip like uh, Jimmy let something slip earlier uh, this season where he accidentally calls uh, uh, Lalo by his uh, true name and not the fake name that he gave to the court and stuff like that. And they're like, who's that? Um, Maybe she slips up in something when, you know, they have to go to the police uh, when they hear about Howard's death and she, you know, feels cornered and maybe that's uh, how she gets out. But that's what I'm thinking. Jake, do you have any uh, big uh, theories before, you know, we take a break and come back in uh, a month, uh, uh, in about a month? It's interesting. It's like they're the antagonists now are just them. It's them dealing with everything and like where yeah. where is an issue going to pop up? Because stuff has to still go wrong. I, I just wonder how much we're going to get. Um, I don't necessarily need it, but I am curious to see how he does go full unleash, like grow his business into this crazy tacky thing, buy a home that's this crazy tacky thing. I don't think it's necessary for the story, but just out of curiosity, I'm curious to see how that ties in. Does he go full insane clown lawyer because she's not in the picture anymore and he's Mm -hmm. able to really just go full tacky? Like, I, I don't know. But I'm just curious to see where it goes, where it seems like the biggest conflict of the show going forward is just them dealing with the fallout of this and that's going to be fun yeah i mean not fun is the right word maybe like (laughs) like it's going to be maybe like gut punch yeah um yeah yeah, because i've been convinced this entire last season that like i just don't understand like how he's going to be able to continue on if you know kim dies if kim's Mm -hmm. out of the picture so it's really going to be interesting to see where his where his headspace is going to be after she goes whether you know in whatever way that she does um Let's bring it back to Gene. When are mm. we seeing Gene again? What, like, uh, what's going on with the uh, with Gene, uh, modern day Jimmy? Um, uh, what what's he up to? Because my thought I, now is, with five episodes left, I'm convinced the entire last episode is all about Gene. Yeah, because I, I was watching before this. They have a video up on the official Breaking Bad um, YouTube channel of just all the Gene's clips 
com- combine, it's only 10 minutes of footage. Oh, cool. so That's it's, wild. it's, and, yeah. And also go back really quick to your theory about the, uh, using the, the vacuum cleaner business that I do, I did pick up on when he calls for the last time, the guy's almost like, like, Oh, you know what to do, but like more so than the fact that he did it one more time. Like it feels like, Oh, you've done this a bunch of times maybe. So I don't know. There's something huh. to that a little bit if you want to rewatch it, but yeah, it's only 10 minutes. So I think we're going to have a full blast episode. I mean, they've been teasing it in the actual promo images of like the yeah. black and white gene and everything. So I, I, I would like two episodes, but I think one episode would suffice. What about you, Jake? I just like that. I am still guessing every single yeah. thing where like, a last episode gene thing could be an answer to Kim. Maybe it could be an answer to just Jimmy overall, whatever we get out of it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm down. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really into it. Uh, the last thing I have here when uh, I, I had uh, quick hit questions at the very beginning of the season, uh, the update that I had, I asked uh, Lalo pretty much has to die. So who kills him? Roger guessed Saul. Andy said uh, <laughs> Nacho and Lalo kill each other. Jake said Howard, which again, very funny. Uh, and I was the one who uh, predicted that Gus himself would do it. And, wow. and, and I love that because... Um, not only did I finally get a prediction right for this show because I feel like I'm always predicting everything and I'm always wrong, but I love when I'm wrong because, you know, the, the creators are so much smarter than us. Um, but I, I just loved it for his character because, again, we never see him scared of anybody. And I, and I love that he was the one to do it. And you see him kind of get re-empowered at the end too when he knows yeah. that uh lalo is on the ground and he turns back into that gust that, that we know and love and um, all, all that stuff. So... Yeah, I think any any last thoughts before we wrap up today, uh, before we uh, take a break and uh, come back in a couple weeks? Sad this is the end. You know what I mean? Like, this I know. Is, is it truly the end? Are we gonna get a Are we gonna get a Lyle show after this? Like, a, wh- 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 I think the they'll last? come. We'll come back to it in the next like five years. But I don't know if we're gonna get like I don't know if we're gonna get another seven years of Breaking Bad mm. story telling. Mm. Maybe here's maybe. the deal. Listen, we're gonna get Gus. Uh, mm. Not Gus. We're gonna get Mike. <laughs> We're gonna get oh. uh, we're gonna get him digitally de-aged. He's gonna be he's gonna show up. Fuck yeah. He's gonna be a young guy, and we're gonna get Mike Origins. Mike oh. Origins. Him as a beat cop in what was it, Philly? That's where he's from. I think so. Is he yeah. wearing just, sunglasses? Is that, is that the reason why? <laughs> yeah. This is just yeah. This is my this is my pitch. These are my pitch sunglasses. No, oh, okay. digitally like de-age him. I, like, deep fake him. As soon as you put the uh, pitch sunglasses on, I was more convinced of the pitch. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They work. Okay. That's well, how it goes. ladies, gentlemen, and everybody who joined us uh, for today's screencast talking about Better Call Saul, or your thoughts on the premiere uh, of the the mid-season premiere. Uh, where do you think the show's going for the final five episodes? Leave them in the comments below. And hey, if you're listening on podcast services, I want you to go over to youtube.com slash kind of funny click on uh, uh this uh, episode because i want you to see the crazy outfit that roger is wearing it's absolutely insane we haven't talked about it at all this episode but i just really want you to to check it out and leave a comment about what roger is wearing today uh just so you can check it out and hey if you're on the uh, youtube go over to the podcast uh you know subscribe to the kind of funny screencast feed and i want you to listen to the episode on the podcast uh. feed and then come back to the youtube and comment what animals you think our voices would most likely fit in an so animated cartoon show um, anyways, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in uh, this week uh, to the Kind of Funny Screencast. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.